welcome to another episode of the Aquatic Mentors podcast. I'm your host Katrina Van Eyck and in this episode I interview an industry professional who has been involved in HR and leadership management for the Paul Sadler franchise for over 11 years. So please extend a big welcome to the podcast for Juanita Farrell. Juanita started her journey in swimming while facilitating conferences for the Paul Sadler Swim School staff. She drew on her background in training and development, which she developed through working in her roles through Flight Centre and other businesses. When a people and culture role was advertised in the Paul Sadler franchise, Juanita took the chance to apply and received the role, giving her the opportunity to expand on her leadership skills. This role began as a part-time role, giving her a taste of the industry before she progressed in the business to a full-time role as the HR and leadership manager. During her time in the role, Juanita has inspired leaders from the franchise to learn more about their skills and how to develop a great team of people around them who are engaged in their work. Juanita's highlights in the industry include running two conferences for the Paul Sadler management teams in 2018 and 19, titled Legacy and Powerful Leadership Lessons Learned from Tribes. In both conferences, Juanita and her presenters researched and facilitated activities which would develop those attending the conferences and leave a lasting legacy in the Paul Sadler network. She enjoys focusing on self-development and understands that our industry is not one that stagnates and that we always need to be developing new and interesting ways to improve the industry and make it more attractive to the public while continually improving ourselves along the way. Through today's episode, we need to share some insights into her work as well as her thoughts on swimming and where she sees swimming moving to into the future. Please share the hidden gems you find in Juanita's interview on our Facebook page, Aquatic Mentors, and you will find all her contact details listed at the end of the show notes. If you want to share your aquatic journey, please contact me via my email, regionalswimclinics at outlook.com. I would love to share your journey with my listeners. Check out our website, Aquatic Mentors, for our Season 1 ebook. It gives you the tips and tricks offered from our guests during the Season 1 interviews that we conducted for the Aquatic Mentors podcast. So let's dive in and find out more about Juanita's journey in swimming. So Juanita, how did you start your journey in swimming? Okay, well my sister actually got me involved in swimming. So my sister is Shona Palace and she's been involved in the swimming industry for probably about 25 years and with Paul Sadler Swimland for close to that length of time as well. And I think it was probably about 15 years ago she they were running a, an internal conference and she asked if I would come along and facilitate that conference because my background has been in training and development my background is not in swimming so she asked if I'd come along and facilitate that two-day conference so I went ahead along and did that loved it and then they obviously must have thought I did an okay job so they got me to come back and do a few more of those sorts of facilitation conferences over a couple of years and then a role in the people and culture team well there was no people and culture team I was people and culture came up I applied for that role it was a part-time 15 hour a week role applied for that I had young children at the time and was fortunate enough to get that and that was probably 11 or 12 years ago 
And yes, I've been a swimmer ever since. So I've got my sister Shona, who I still work very closely with to thank for that. So thanks, Sho. Wow, that's amazing to get that opportunity to get on. And a lot of places say they will look to employ people that are either related or known friends and family of other employees because you already then have that connection and that understanding that they're going to be a good person and good fit for the role. Yes, definitely. And I think it's that cultural fit. It's the same ethics and beliefs and it's the same understanding and of the industry and passion, I think, that makes a big difference. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And I think you, we were talking before about all the other roles you've had in your lifetime and I think how they all accumulate to be such a fit for Paul Sadler and what you currently do. It's amazing how I think I found a lot on this journey how much the outside world influences and previous journeys and things like that influence what we bring into the industry. Well, I think every experience that we have, the good and the bad, helps to create who we are and the person that we are. And I think, you know, I'm a very big believer that we're learning all the time. And even when we not we don't think that we're learning, we are learning, and that's all helping to create our perceptions and our ideas. And you're exactly right. We bring all of that into each role, each experience, each situation as we continue to grow and develop. Yeah, that's exactly right. I also love the fact that you started off in that part-time role and now you've developed it into what you have now in regards to working the HR and the training part of Paul Sadler. I think that's a fantastic lesson for people that you can come in and start in that part-time or that smaller role. And if you've got the passion and the, the nows to keep going in it, you can expand that into a, a, a full-term role. Definitely. And I think the opportunity and expanding your mindset and not be limited by what is necessarily in front of you, thinking outside the box, as you've done with creating these podcasts, as a lot of people have had to do throughout the COVID period, but don't limit yourself to what's currently there, that you can do and be anything that you want. And if you've got an idea, no matter how harebrained or crazy you might think it is, put the work in, do the plan and see what you can make of it because really the opportunities are there and I think that's super exciting. I love that. That's brilliant. And I'm sort of, we were talking before about how I'm moving to Yapoon and what I want from the industry and that's the thing. You don't have to follow the standard rules. There's so many opportunities, you know, whether it be consulting or that aren't your normal roles in a, in a, a facility that you can do, you can expand and take on those other areas if you put the hard work into it. Correct. And you've got the passion and belief. That's right. Yeah. Perfect. So what's the biggest lesson you've learned in your time in swimming? Look, I think, and it's not swimming related, but I think it's that you can't stay still. As an individual and as an organisation, we've got to keep evolving. We've got to keep changing, learning, innovating. And I think that that's always been the case. But I think in the last 18 months with COVID, that's obviously put a spotlight on that and really highlighted the importance of that, that what we did as an industry 10 or 15 years ago may not necessarily work or service well now or in the future. So let's look at the ways that we can keep ourselves growing and developing and learning. And as the new world grows and develops and learns, let's keep ourselves going. So the biggest lesson is, just because you may have performed well in a role or done things well in the past doesn't mean that's going to transcend to the future. You need to have that growth mindset and continually keep improving yourself 
as you work through the industry. I think that's probably the biggest lesson that I've learned. That is perfect. Exactly. It's always changing, always developing. And yeah, COVID's brought that to a front. I think also it's made it that those in denial were always like, we, you know, this is how it's done before. This is how we have to do it. You can't have that mindset anymore. You've got to learn to develop and go with what's happening. Yeah. And I think at times that can be a little scary and it can be a little confronting and we can be a little bit, oh, but this is not what I'm comfortable with. However, the flip side is it's also pretty exciting too. Like it's also really exciting to see how we can move and grow and develop in different spaces. And, you know, you only need to look at not just the way swimming's taught, but the types of programs that are available now compared to what was available 15 or 20 years ago is incredibly different, you know. And in particular, I guess, when we start looking at the diversity inclusion type space, some of the programs you know, for the all abilities kids, I think is, is incredible. And that's really growing and developing and people's knowledge is getting far greater in that area. And I think that that's, that's super exciting. Yeah, and it, that's exactly right. What's happened now and the, the expansion and development of programs and, yes, definitely access and inclusion and cultural and that side, so many more people are getting involved and it just opens up the pool of swimmers that we can choose from for our swim schools and our facilities. Absolutely, absolutely. And swimming should be for everyone. So I think that having programs that meet the needs of everyone is really important. Yeah, that's exactly right. Perfect. So what's been the highlight of your journey in swimming so far? (laughs) This was a really tough one for me to answer, given that my background isn't, as I mentioned, in swimming. But I think two of my highlights have been a couple of conferences in particular that I design created ran facilitated you know saw them through from start to finish that we did with some of our leadership teams so we did one in 2018 that was titled legacy and we took a group of managers one weekend and then a group of our assistant managers the following weekend away and we hired great big houses and we did that on purpose so we could all be in the same kind of space together for the couple of days so the legacy conference was all about creating our why so really establishing what our purpose was as an organization as an individual and you know I led them through a whole range of exercises across the couple of days as did we had a number of facilitators it wasn't just myself you know a team that worked through we ran in the evening we had a really great master chef competition that was such a lot of fun and we, of course, one of our signatures at Swimland is the strawberry daiquiri. So we made sure that we made strawberry daiquiris and we just had a really fun 48 hours together where we were able to really bond as a team and obviously come up with our, our clear purpose and, and, and why, which was pretty exciting. So that was, that was certainly a highlight, seeing the buzz and the energy in that room. And then the second one was another conference that we did in 2019. And that conference was titled Powerful Leadership Lessons Learned from Tribes. So I did a lot of research into some of the African tribes and how they grow and develop and have been successful over over time. And we had an underlying theme called Ubuntu, which means I am because we are. So it was all around the teamwork. So we had five themes throughout throughout the weekend, which were teamwork relationships, trust, adaptation, agility, uh, communication, storytelling. So we did a lot of activities around that. And we had an underlying survivor theme. So we put each of the guys into groups 
and we actually ran full survivor activities across the 48 hours, including we had tribal councils at night and it was around the fire and it was it was actually brilliant. So I think there was probably 40 of us that were away that couple of days and we went out to an old school camp. So we're out in the bush and we really, again, just dissected, pulled apart our I guess, our own leadership beliefs and qualities and paired it right back to what the African tribes do and I guess really then came up with some key themes and ideas on how our teams wanted to then take that back into the workplace. So we it was quite, quite powerful. Um, and, again, a number of facilitators, a lot of people involved in all of that, but I was really proud of, I guess, the ideas and how it all came together. So they were probably two of my highlights. That's brilliant. That's amazing. What a opportunity. And to actually take it from, you know, looking at African tribes and how they've developed and stayed alive and continue to build and grow to how can you put that into our workplace in the Western world in all of, you know, aquatics? How can you develop in your own self as well? What a, a connection and an understanding and then to bring survivor in it, to bring that fun and that engaging element to it. Wow, that's mind-blowing. Yeah, it was. It was really, it, it turned out better than I had even expected. And and the, the theme of Ubuntu, the guys at a site level will still talk about that. You know, I am because we are. It's all about the teamwork, that I'm nothing without the people around me. And I really wanted something that they could just connect to. I wanted a word or a message rather than saying it's important to be part of a team or it's important to have practiced good teamwork I wanted them to really get the essence of what Ubuntu meant and for that to be connecting so when someone talks about Ubuntu you straight away know that hey we're all in this together and we're all supporting and caring and looking after each other in this environment. Wow that's amazing to take that opportunity and take that time uh, and to build it with that connection of just one word and it's an easy word and that's something like you said you can say in a facility Ubuntu and everyone knows exactly what you mean and it's one you can pass down to new people in the industry and they can pick it up straight away correct correct yeah it was great so yes I was very very proud of those that were probably a couple of my highlights that's not swimming related Katrina sorry no and that's (laughs) the thing we said before it's what you bring in from outside of swimming to make swimming better and that just that imagination and the I suppose now saw the power to be able to do that and make such a difference in a in a completely strange and non-swimming related way has built such a, a great team that will go through the test of time because you've put that work in and made such an inspirational conference and it's the developing the people is so important in the industry it's not just and it's not just about developing the technical skills to be able to be a great swim teacher or to be a great competitive swimmer whatever your area is but it's more about developing the person because if you get the person feeling engaged motivated inspired then that will transcend to them being able to perform well in the technical aspects of their role. So we've got a really strong focus on looking after our people and developing our people. Yeah, that's exactly it. And, yeah, people are the lifeblood of this industry and what you put into it. You reap the awards when they are the teachers that are working one-on-one with the swimmers. Absolutely. 
That's really that's sorry, that's really blowing me away. Those fantastic ideas for a conference. Mm. I think that well done. Thank you. So is there anyone that's played a big role in whether it be your swimming journey or just your career in general? Yeah, look, I always come back to there's one lady who in a previous role I worked at Flight Centre. I was a manager of a number of their stores and my area manager was a lady by the name of Rachel Miller and she's probably had the biggest influence on me and my career and I think it's really her, A, it's her passion and her belief in everything that she's done and I think that that's really instilled that to myself on how important it is that you've got that passion about what you do and believe in yourself that you can do it. And she also, I guess, started me on my journey of my, my journey of personal development and the importance of personal growth and continuing to be a better version of yourself every day. Her, her manner, her style, she was just, just a lady that I find incredibly inspirational. And she's had at times a tough journey herself. She's faced a few health issues and how she's dealt with it has been quite incredible. And she's probably been one that I look to and think, okay, when I'm faced with something tricky, what would Rachel do? How would Rachel approach that? What would be her answer to that? And it, it calms me and it just gives me a little bit of, groundedness for want of a better word in how I might approach that and the other person I think that's probably been a big influence and this has probably been more in the last 18 months or so has been um, and I'm sure you know her Brene Brown so she's I listen to her podcast all the time read, read her books and I just think her messaging is incredible again around that whole personal development that courage care curiosity that type of themes I think have been probably the two, two of the biggest influences on me. I really like that. They're coming from the same area but different areas. They're mm. both about that self-improvement and developing you as a person and you can share that. And they're also quite different in the industries and what they have and their backgrounds. I really do like both those. I do like how you said also that you've taken or you look at situations and think, how would your mentor deal with that? What would she do? How can I emulate that in my own way? Yes, what might be the language that they would use? What would be the behaviours that they would recommend? How should I show up in that particular situation? I think that that's been quite powerful. And I think that when I look at both of those, when I look at Rachel and Brene, both have been highly successful in their individual roles. And again, as I mentioned about Rachel, her journey hasn't always been easy. I know when you look at Brene's journey, she's had a lot of struggles early on as well, yet they've been able to overcome their adversities and their challenges. And a lot of that's been through their grit and determination, but a lot of it's also been through their beliefs and that the way they're to show up in their roles every day. I think it's really important that we've got somebody that we do look up to, somebody that we can use as a mentor. And a mentor can be someone that supports us from a technical element in helping us to do our role better. But a mentor can also be someone that helps us as a person just be better in what we do. And I think that there's a real need and a place for both. Having someone that can help and support you from a role perspective is really important and not and a mentor is not someone who's necessarily going to be 
critical, but they're just going to help guide and support you in your role. And I think a coach, having someone to coach you is also really important. And again, that coach is the one that will just challenge and question you and but has still got your backs the whole way. And I think that as, you know, for some of our younger swim teachers, if they can find a mentor very early on, someone that they can develop that real relationship with, that they can have that trust, because I think that's obviously a critical part of that relationship, that can really be very grounding and help them be very successful as, as they move as they move through. So I encourage any young swim teachers that might be listening to find a mentor or someone that can help and support and guide them. Yeah, I like that. It is about building trust, that connection with someone. I know with my mentors, it is just, you know, they can say anything to me and I understand it or I can say anything back to them. I can ring them up in tears or I can ring them up and tell them, you know, what I've achieved and what I've done well. They, they're they there for you, but they're not also there to tell you what to do. A lot of my mentors just give me guidance or have you thought about this or how do you go with that? I also liked your idea of you know, how we were saying how, you think about what your mentor would do in that situation. It's like putting on a new character, I suppose. I come from the enjoyment of drama. So, you know, you put on that character of if you're nervous, you can go into the situation as them or as an adaption of them and sort of, I suppose, come out of yourself in that way. Mm, absolutely. That, that That's a great idea. And it just gives you that little bit of, that little bit of confidence and knowing that, you've seen somebody else be successful or handle a situation successfully. So if you behave in a similar way, there's a fair chance that you will be able to get the similar sort of outcome. So it's just thinking about that. And a lot of that comes down to the the preparation too. So going into situations, being a little bit planned and prepared and taking the time to think about how you want to show up in that particular situation. Yeah, that's exactly it. Take that time to prepare. Then it's not a big surprise. Correct. Correct. (laughs) What advice would you give to a new swim teacher or coach coming into the industry? Okay, there's probably a, a couple of things here. The first one I'd say is, as I did just mention before, approach the role with the three C's. And the three C's that I like to talk about are courage, care and curiosity. So Approach the role with courage, meaning that have the confidence and the courage to take on things new. We don't grow and develop if we stay in our comfort zone. We only have growth when we get out of our comfort zone. So having the courage to take on new advice, take on new roles, take on the learnings, teachings, whatever's thrown at you, having the courage to do that. The second C is the care. So genuinely showing care for your teammates, genuinely showing care for the kids that you're teaching in your role. So having make, making sure that you know you, you've got that passion and that care because you really want to make a difference. And the last C is the curiosity. So the curiosity is the asking lots of questions, being, as I mentioned earlier, an avid learner, taking taking it on so that you know that you are just wanting to to soak up everything asking yeah, asking curiosity really is that asking thousands of questions piece so just making sure that you're being curious curious with your mentors your leaders your managers to learn but being curious with the kids that you're teaching too so 
finding out more about them and their challenges, what's working for them, how you can better relate, communicate, interact with, with the teachers. Second bit of advice is probably a little bit personal, meaning that being really clear on your why and your purpose. So why are you in this swimming industry? What was your draw card for wanting to be involved in that industry? So being really clear on, on your purpose. You know, for most of us, it's not about the dollar. There's a reason another higher reason that's drawn us to the industry. So being really clear on what your purpose is, because if you're really clear on your purpose, you won't work a day in your life and it will propel you forward if you know that that's what you're doing. And the last thing I think about is just being proud of the industry that you're in and being proud of the difference that you can make. And every day when you're going into work, just thinking about the impact that you can have on somebody else's life potentially in that day and I say the influence you can have influence you can have on their life in the moment in relation to the interactions and how you're making them feel through that lesson as an example but also the impact that you can make by imparting such an incredible life skill of learning how to swim or if it's a, if it's competitive swimming we're talking about the impact that you can have on their performance and helping them grow and develop as a swimmer like let's not underestimate that let's take the time to stop and think about the difference that we can make every single day so as a young swim teacher coming in just being mindful of that and my daughter has just who's 17 has just started as in, in a role as a swim teacher and that's the messaging that I'm saying to her like just be really proud and grateful and embrace the opportunity that you've been given and just stop and think about how you can make a difference to somebody else's life that day so sorry again a long-winded answer Katrina but they're the three things so approach the role with courage care and curiosity be clear on your purpose and your journey and be proud of the difference that you can make in that in somebody else's life in that particular day that moment Oh, I love those. Absolutely perfect. There's so many layers to those. And I just touching on the being proud of the, the difference you're making in someone's life, you know, that could be teaching them a life-saving skill so they don't drown and therefore you've saved their life. It's giving them the confidence that they get in water to then be able to go out and have the confidence in their daily life. It's just making that opportunity for them to give something a go and for you to be able to impart what you know onto these kids. I think there's so many layers just to that one section that are fantastic. I really like the feedback and your daughter's going to be a great teacher from the information and feedback she's getting from you. Oh, I really hope so. I think she's got the right attitude and attributes and she's loving it so far. It's very early days and she's loving it. And um, I'm proud that she's wanted to join the industry because I think that the industry, you know, as swim teachers, we can give so much to the industry, but the industry can give so much back to us too. I think that that's, um, it's nice that there's that, that two-way street. Yeah, and that's the thing I think I've found with the industry is that it gives you back as much as you put in. You can put in as little as much as you want and you'll get that threefold back. It's an interesting industry in that way. I've had it when I was in um, aged care as well. What you give to a person and how you treat them, you get back as well. But I think this is threefold for the fact that you can give them that life-saving skill on top as well. Yeah, we can have um, you can have great influence and impact, and I think that that's really quite.
quite quite important. And it's humbling. It's humbling to sit in a position where you can have such a make such a difference. That's exactly right. Yep, to think you can do that and change someone's life is very humbling. I also like the curiosity and the three role, the three C's that you had. But something I enjoy it makes it more fun if you are curious. Mm. And it can be, again, multi-layered where you're curious with teachers, where you're curious in your role, what you can expand to, or are curious in the way you teach the swimmers as well. And it's when you've got a curious or a curiosity mindset, it's amazing what you learn. Like we go into situations as human beings with a lot of um, unconscious bias or predetermined ideas about things But if we take the time to stop and suspend all of that and just ask a few questions, it's actually quite incredible on what you might learn. It's actually quite amazing on what you will gain out of it and often how your perspective then changes. You go into a situation thinking that little Johnny's just being difficult because little Johnny's just difficult However, by asking a few questions and gaining a few perspectives, you can suddenly go, okay, I kind of get it. Now I fully understand why little Johnny's behaving like this. He's having some struggles with such and such. We need to work now with him on this. Or I had no idea that one of my teammates was dealing with this. Now I know why they might come into work and not actually you know, when are we engaging in the staff room, as an example? There's, look, we could, go, we could talk for hours about the different scenarios, but I think having that curiosity mindset where we just stop and we're just asking a lot of questions, it's amazing what we learn. And Covey often says, if we're to ever to have the opportunity to influence somebody else, we need to first allow them to influence us. So as a swim teacher, if you want to try and influence what's happening in the water, you need to first allow them to try and influence you to thoughts and ideas and where where they're coming from and their perspective. Wow, such wise words. That's absolutely amazing. It's definitely it. Give them the opportunity to have a go as well and have let them teach you or let them run the lesson in some way too. Yeah, and, and you know, and that's for swim teaching, but also when you're talking about being part of great teams, finding out more about your teammates too. As a customer, if I walk into a swim centre, you can tell immediately what the vibe is like in the centre without anybody even talking. You can just sense it. So if all of your teammates are all getting along on the same page, engaged, having fun, you can sense that as soon as you come in and the kids can sense that. So obviously the parents can sense that and go, wow, this is a great environment to be in, but the kids can sense that too. You know, the kids know that when they walk into that swim centre on a particular day when they have their lessons, they're excited to be there because they know it's going to be a great experience. They're going to learn, they're going to have fun, they're going to be made to feel good about themselves, they're going to feel proud of what they do. So it's all of that pulling together I think is is so important and, and and having that curiosity mindset where we can ask lots of questions to try and build up that those relationships will certainly help support to get to that really positive fun engaged environment yeah and I like that the way that you're asking questions to get the support in the team so the more you know about someone you don't have to go to their ins and outs but you know the more you understand about their background and their knowledge and where they're coming from and while they're there you can then support them on that journey as well. So it's colleagues supporting colleagues, not just management supporting their staff. 
100% Katrina and the same with us with, with the teaching team you know out in the water with your, with the kids so asking lots of questions about how they're finding things how they're feeling what's going on what was the best part of the day like just being curious about getting to build that relationship and the connection and you'll be amazed at what comes back to you when you start having that curious mindset and again it also comes back to that whole philosophy about learning and growth and development yeah what a a great way to look at it because you're offering them that stability where they can then know that they can come to you they can trust you and ask you questions and you know share with you if they're having some troubles and you'll be able to develop and help them out of it absolutely so after those wise words what do you think is in line for your swimming future and what's part of swimming as well Okay, well, I think generally speaking about the industry, I think, and this is probably, well, let me take a step back. At a planning day that we had maybe four or five years ago, when, you know, you throw all your great ideas on a whiteboard and there's a lot of them are crazy and harebrained and cost a ridiculous amount of money and will probably never happen. But in amongst all of that craziness and that whether, you know, all the creative minds are flowing, we actually did a few years ago talk about, online swimming, virtual lessons and things like that. And obviously I think through COVID where people have had to pivot and adapt the way they do business, there's been a little bit of work done in that space in the last 18 months. But when you're talking about the future, I do think that that online training, online, which there's been a little bit of that, online swimming lessons or virtual reality swimming lessons, you know, you can buy a set of good VR glasses for $300 or what have you now, but there is opportunity for training, learning and developing in that space. Now, I'm not saying that that would, you know, take the place of real life face-to-face lessons, but I think that there is going to be a part of the industry that will go to that space as people become more time poor, it's just convenient, possibly cost-effective way of doing things. That, That could potentially be way that the industry goes for me myself personally um, I think it's more just continuing to grow and develop in my role and have an impact and influence in the industry in whatever way that I can so in my role it's being able to support the leaders of the Paul Sadler Swimland business to be the best leaders that they can be so if I can have continue to have influence over a new manager who might be starting their leadership journey um, and I can help and support them to be the best leader that they can be, then I think that that's sort of where I would like to continue doing that as, as our organisation expands and grows. I'd like to continue working with the leadership teams to help them as individuals expanding, growing, developing. That's perfect. It's a really good picture on either side that we need to develop and expand the industry and technology is playing a big part in every industry these days. So to be able to tap into that for swimming, um, you know, whatever way that looks, again, realising that, as you said, there's you still got to have that face-to-face learning and those lessons, but how can we enhance that with technology? I think that's a fantastic look. And then also just to be able to give back what you've learned and be able to develop those other leaders in the industry and in Paul Sadler because the knowledge you have to share with them is going to be fantastic and to develop them personally. What a fantastic impact you can make on the industry and then 
personally as well to develop and become the best they can. Yeah, thanks, Katrina. And I think I don't have that swimming background, so I'm not able to support them in how to be better swim teachers, run better swim lessons, or even run better facilities or more efficient, effective facilities. But what I can support them with is how they can be the best version of themselves and how if they are being incredible, amazing leaders, which I know they all can be and are, then they that will by nature then have that flow on effect and they will run great businesses. Now, the first step is for them to be great leaders and to look after their teams and their people. As we know, we're nothing without our, our team and our people around us. So supporting them in that space, I think, is quite important. Um, it is, yeah. And I also think the fact that you're doing that in regards to, I mean, there is so many opportunities out there. There's already a lot of stuff on swimming and how to be great swim teachers and how to do that side of it. There's videos, there's, it's stuff you learn over time in the water. But to really learn about yourself and to have someone encourage you and support you in that, I mean, it's a journey that we all take and whether we do it at midlife crisis or whether we do it beforehand. But I think it's not something we think about until it's a necessity. So to be able to have you in that industry, I think that's going to make more of an impact than you coming in and, and being that, okay, this is how you teach and this is what you do because that develops over time. But to develop that person personally makes a bigger impact. And it's the ripple effect that if our managers and leaders are operating in that space of being awesome leaders, then the people that are are working with them will see that their behaviour, like if they're role modelling what great leadership is and great behaviour is, then that has a flow and effect for the people that they're working with and then has a flow and effect to the next layer down and before you know it, it's just that in in my facility or at my site, this is the way we behave and act and respond around here. That just becomes a second nature. So it's got to start with, start with the top. So being able to have that impact and influence in that space I think is I get a lot of satisfaction out of um, and I think it can be quite impactful when it's done well. Yeah, that's perfect. Very well said. So over that, how can we as an individual or an industry promote and develop learn to swim and also that competitive side to encourage more participants? And can we do that with less funding? (laughs) (laughs) Because my knowledge of swimming is obviously not as strong as probably some of the others that you have on your podcast, I did find this question a little bit challenging to to answer. However, I, upon reflection, I do feel at times the industry is a little bit fragmented. And when I say fragmented, I started looking and thinking about all the different bodies and organisations that are involved. So here in Victoria, we've got ARV, we've got Royal Life, we've got there's ASTA, there's ASA, there's VAYA, there's Life Saving Victoria. Like there's a number of different bodies, all with amazing intentions, doing amazing jobs, really championing the cause of swimming, yet often a little bit focusing on their own on their own areas or, or, or what they're wanting to achieve. I feel when we're trying to promote swimming generally there could be some value in having one peak body that's championing the cause. So 
the collaboration of one voice, I think could be quite powerful. Like I said, everybody is doing a great job and, and, and everybody's working in, in their own space that they need to. However, I sometimes feel there's, there's, it could be more powerful if we were to, as an example, lobby government, if all those bodies were working together to try and lobby for extra funding or extra support or whatever the case might be. Like I said, I, my expertise is certainly not in that technical element of swimming, but what I am seeing is that I think there could be more value in having that collaboration, people having one strong voice rather than having a number of different bodies competing for the same airspace, as an example, if we're all working together. For the, for the betterment of the industry, I think that there could be some advantage in that. So that's probably what I would think when, you know, how we can try and promote that. I'm not sure if that's what you were looking for as an answer. No. <laughs> that's really good. That's really, and I like, I think it's good asking these question to someone who, like you said, doesn't have the swimming background because you see it from another point of view. It gives a, yeah, an extra sort of slant on it that, you see from your background and your side that's not exactly, it doesn't have to be swimming related. And I like that. I think that's something that's coming apparent a lot more now with COVID and things like that, where we need to stand together and have that collaborative background. There is, like you said, too much friction and too much fraction. I think that's the word in it, that everyone has got their little bit. And I think the trouble when we all come together at present is that we're trying to get our little bit heard and our bit up there over someone else's and we still disagree with each other and there's just not that camaraderie or that connection with everyone. We sort of start off relating to our our core value of getting kids into the pool and teaching and teaching that life-saving skills, but then when it comes down to the nitty-gritty, it starts going off on their own tangents and things like that. So we really need that collaboration, and that's something that I'm hearing more and more of the more I do these podcasts of people saying that that collaboration and coming together as one body is what we need in, in Australia to yes. really make that difference. So that, that collaboration and that cohesion to exactly get get the point of view across that you know a band of a thousand is going to be better than a band of 10 even though as an individual or as an individual organization our messaging that what we individually want to get across is all really important but it gets a bit diluted and a little bit lost because there's a lot of noise if it's one powerful machine sending the message I think that it can have greater impact and we can we can be heard and I think that, again, the reason for me thinking this is coming from what we've experienced through COVID in trying to get swimming, swimming pools open. You know, as we've come in Victoria in particular, in and out of lockdown, I feel the swimming industry has been forgotten a little bit in a lot of the, the government's decisions and choices around how and when we're opening and operating. Whereas if there was one strong voice we might have been pushed a little bit further up the agenda and and looked at as maybe a higher priority in how we actually manage that, given that what we do in teaching kids such an important life skill, it should be a priority. Opening swim schools in a COVID-safe way and how we do that should be a priority. And I feel that that's potentially been a little bit 
forgotten, maybe because there's been a lot of different bodies all trying to get their own agendas across the line versus having one strong, powerful voice. Now, I've got no answers on how you make that happen and I don't purport to have the solutions, but I guess coming up with a way that we could actually do that could actually really support getting more participation in swimming and getting some, I guess, more support from the government when we're talking about how we do it with less funding. So how, how can we actually get more government support is by having a louder, stronger voice to lobby with the decision makers. Yeah, and that's exactly it. Uh, um, Hannah Watkins brought it up in her podcast is, yeah, having that one person going to government to ask for that funding instead of, you know, however many hundred or thousand people in the industry going singularly and trying to get their voices heard when we've got one person that can go and get that funding and knows how to deal with the government and then bring that back and then we can disperse that as an industry. And then as having that governing body and that one head body, they can then uh, send it out, that funding out as we need in the industry and what needs to be developed and yeah we can then take that time to apply for it but I think that's a really great point is having that one person or that one body that can be up there that can fight for the industry and have it in that cohesive understanding that cohesive message absolutely well, that's the last of my questions. Um, I just want to say thank you so much for coming on. Your knowledge, whether it be industry-related or outside the industry, is absolutely fantastic. For me to get to know you, we've worked together a bit through Paul Sadler and training to get to know you more and understand what you know has been absolutely fantastic. You've sparked a lot of interest in me and hopefully in uh, everyone listening to the podcast and they'll take this on board and yeah, really develop in their way thanks to what you've shared with us today. Oh, my pleasure. It's really enjoyed the fireside chat, for want of a better word, and it's been lovely to get to know you better and I feel privileged and honoured to have been invited to be involved and obviously share my, my little bit of me with the rest of the swimming industry. So thanks, Katrina.